Blog Talk Radio. Frontier Beyond Fear, live streaming broadcast and podcast. I'm Susan Larison Dance, and today is Saturday, April 29th, 2023. This program streams live most Saturdays on Blog Talk Radio at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And welcome to all of you listening in the future as well on the syndicates. And at the outset, a thank you once again to Blog Talk Radio due to this being a legacy broadcast that's been on the air here for over a decade. Um, And once again, double check, it was true a second ago, yes, once again, featuring this program on their homepage while live. And um, I always want to put that thank you out because I greatly appreciate that and also featuring it on the live spirituality page today while live. Today, I am talking about a subject that is becoming quite important to me as my path of work. And it really relates to my entire life of work, having started out as a computer scientist, going through getting a math degree in those days where I was. You couldn't get an undergraduate degree in computer science, despite being very interested in the humanities, which I actually started out in to begin with. And then later getting um, a master's degree in computer science from the University of Illinois, which is known as the birthplace of computer science. And it was there, while I was there, that they were actually, and I even had an opportunity to work on this, but I didn't understand at the time what it was, just due to the misunderstanding of the word net because I was not into hardware or networking or certain drier areas of computer science that to me were very dry. Little did I know that they were working on the first real web browser that is familiar to you today and really changing the world. Though at the time I did work on the Superconducting Super Collider project and My work there and also as an undergraduate did relate in some ways to AI. Even though Illinois wasn't known as an AI school, I was using an AI language for my graduate thesis um, and um, 
which had to do with dynamically changing and a dynamically changing program. It was an editor that dynamically changed. And that is very much going to relate to today's topic and to what is becoming a real passion in my personal work, though not my only focus, but clearly I am being called to this work and I am trusting spirit with how that unfolds. I did work very early um, in artificial intelligence, um, taking a really early course in it and also as an intern um, working on a natural language interface prototype when all of that was very, very new. And my task that summer was to come up with a way to model the world. Um, looking at it from the English language, because since then, of course, many languages have been looked at. So in many ways, for many years, and I can think of other ways as well, I have had a relationship to this topic and certainly to the development of technology. In fact, later in my career, I did work after, well, not that much later, after graduate school, um, where um, I was working on products that had a direct relationship to how chip manufacturing was accelerating and how we were able to get smaller electronics and things. But none of this, none of those details are particularly relevant except for the fact that I had an involvement in this field to what I choose to talk about today. And that is certainly not the nuts and bolts aspects, although, well, maybe that's not totally true, actually. It does have something to do with what I have to talk about today, which will no doubt be one of many continuing discussions, and I'm looking for ways to expand because I really do feel that I have the opportunity to be a voice in this particular field due to my past expertise, in fact, multiple areas of expertise in both the sciences and in spirituality. And more of our voices need to be heard. I want to talk to you about a little synchronicity related. Let me just digress a little. To those of you out there who are being guided to create, to follow what is to be the work that you are to do, how you are going to bring your talents into the, into the world. And if you're like me, there have been many ways that you have brought your talents into the world already. But one of the things that so often happens is that we choose not to work, or actually circumstances can bring us to this as well, whatever way that it comes about, we find ourselves working very independently. I had a synchronicity before the show that I want to share with you. Today I was not looking for quotes or anything. I was actually reading a book that I've been progressively reading for quite some time. And the more I read it, the more relevant it actually becomes to this topic. 
But it also, the topic of development and spirituality, or just technological industrial development in general. But what I do want to read to those of you to encourage you, to encourage you, if you're living very simply, and this is not to discourage you in what is possible when you follow the passion of your heart, because you very much can come into a space of abundance. But often, just like in the early days of technology, a lot of these these companies, you know, they were started in a person's garage, literally. Now, maybe they had another income coming in to support that. But there are so many very modest ways that work begins when people choose to work independently. And here we're talking about sharing your voice, sharing your authentic voice, and here is the the synchronicity. I sat down to continue in this novel I've been reading for quite some time. I just pick it up, I put it down, and it's on my Kindle, which sometimes doesn't want to cooperate for whatever reason, and I just trust in the flow of it because clearly today I needed to because the timing is perfect. So first I'm going to encourage you, and this does relate to my own personal work as well. This is a quote at the beginning of a chapter. It's at the beginning of chapter 56 of the book Middlemarch by George Eliot is the pen name, but that was actually a woman whose name was Mary Ann Evans, and she lived between 1819 and 1880. Middlemarch was put out around 1871 to 72. And this is well into the book. It's quite a, quite an involved, um, well, it's, a, it's an interesting story. It's a gentle story. So I wouldn't call it a highly intense kind of a story. It, it's a gently flowing story. And I'm on Chapter 56. And right at the beginning, which I just randomly, in quotes, synchronistically came across, because I want you to, sh- I want you to hear this, and I, it does relate to my own passion in the work that I'm guided to do. How happy is he born and taught that serveth not another's will, whose armor is his honest thought and simple truth his only skill. And then there's a dot, dot, dot. I don't have the whole quote. This is quoting from Middlemarch, and this is another person she's quoting, which I'll tell you in a minute. This man is freed from servile bands of hope to rise or fear to fall, Lord of himself, though not of lands, and having nothing, yet hath all. This is a quote from Sir Henry Watton, who I looked up, lived between 1568 and 1639. If you you look at Um, A couple of other quotes from him. I don't know very much about this person. He was very much interested in truth and honesty and authenticity. And this topic, how it relates to me, is all about my authentic path and knowing that more and more I am called to be doing this work because it's important. It's as if my whole life has led into this time and what I have to contribute, not only in this area, but also in others. 
So I want to encourage those of you listening out there, if you too are feeling a calling to write, to speak, to research, to do some work that may be outside the box, not the traditional thing, what a wonderful quote that is to encourage us that you can you can live simply to create what it is you are meant to create. And we need to trust. That doesn't mean that you should like race out of your day job. All of us have, well, many of us have some form of what I like to call our day work. In my case, it's extremely simple. Um, but in, any, in many ways, that makes it even easier for me to contemplate how to grow what it is I really have to share and, you know, at other times in my life have really quite visibly shared, even rising to the level of being featured on the Oprah website, some of my writing um, on her discussion forum as um, bridge builder. So that encourages me as well, not to mention that also in that very same office where I was an intern down working in another building for the same boss was none other than Greg Braden um, in a group of no more than 30 people working in technology before his spiritual career started. That to me is a sign. It doesn't mean that I need to be, but the relationship between us is interesting. I don't need to be um, Greg Braden or even a best-selling New York Times best-selling author. In fact, I probably wouldn't necessarily go for that. There's a lot of control over truth when you, when you do that. Um, but it's encouraging to me that he was meant to make a difference in this world in a greater way than just in technology. And I believe that I, too, have something to share, whether it impacts now or the future. Never discount that, friends. When you are writing, when you are working, sometimes you're there to simply plant seeds and that those seeds will come to fruition long after you're on the planet. Look at these words um, from Sir Henry Watton touching me today all the way from the 1500s, or he may have written them in the early 1600s. Um, you never know where your work is meant to go. Though this topic today, which I'm taking a little while to get into, but that's fine. That's my spontaneous way of going about it, is do not give up on your dreams. Do not give up on what it is you are truly called to do. Do it at night if you need to. Find ways to simplify your life if that helps, if there's a way to do it. Sometimes that'll just happen, whether you like it or not. And that's when the universe is giving you a push and helping you to get into what it is you're truly meant to do, how you are meant to serve this planet and the universe and humanity. And really, it's a multiverse. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Hope to rise. What, a, what an interesting quote to synchronistically come across. Also in this passage, which is very relevant in the chapter 56, which was just what I happened to be reading, there's a whole area about the coming of the railways and how this is a novel about a very provincial country place um, in England. And um, 
in this part of the book, I've never read this book before, the railways are coming. And in this chapter, the people are talking about their concerns about the railways. Let's see if I can find, having to, there, there's, I'm sure there is a quote here. I decided at the last minute to include this here. Okay, um, here's just a, one quote. In the absence of any precise idea as to what railways were, public opinion in Frick was against them. For the human mind in that grassy corner had not the proverbial tendency to admire the unknown, holding rather that it was likely to be against the poor man and that suspicion was the only wise attitude with regard to it. To it. Oh, this is profound. In a minute, I'm going to show this how this applies in multiple ways. Let's see. I'm going to skip a little bit. So they were very concerned about the land being, there's a part where it says just cut to pieces. Here they are. One, is, one woman, I'll just paraphrase, is worried about how, how is this going to impact the horses that are giving birth? You know, it's going to disturb them. Little did they know what was coming. And think of the future of the superhighways. And what about airplanes? How many times when we're walking in nature is a plane going over? Today I had all kinds of things happen. I had a nice walk, but, you know, they're, they're, I kind of tune them out now. But all my life I have known this. All your lives you have known this. Imagine a world where these things did not exist. What's interesting about that passage is there is a similar suspicion among materialists who are very strict about not um, exploring the unknown. What a beautiful quote. It's, I'm reversing it on, on, on the, in the meaning um, because what they're trying to say in this book is that, you know, of course the railways is advancement and you shouldn't be suspicious of it. And yeah, you know, it's going to come through. It won't be that big of a deal. And there's more of that in the chapter, too. This is advancement, right? This is industrial advancement, and it's going to improve humanity. Well, on the surface, yes, for a time, all of these improvements do really quite amazing things. I wouldn't be speaking here. I've said that many times. There would be no such thing as, um, well, you know, it hasn't within my lifetime. I mean, this is quite astonishing technology we didn't know we had no internet when we were researching we went to the library and looked in the card catalog which was um, a bunch of little boxes where everything was alphabetized or um, or categorized in different ways actually and you were if you were looking for a book or maybe you were looking for something in a magazine and you might have to go sit down at a microfiche um, device which um, you know that didn't used to exist either where there were images of magazines and newspapers 
and the past. And if you didn't find it there, maybe you could, there were um, guides that would help you to find libraries. um, And I imagine to some degree this is still true. I know it is. They would have a lot of periodicals, a lot of magazines and newspapers and things that you could then um, find that, that they were indexed as to all, no, not computerized at all. There were no computers available um, that they hadn't been developed yet for the common use. Um, and that's how you did research. When I first worked in that on that natural language prototype, which, by the way, I mean, this is about um, teaching um, or in, encoding into a program language and understanding of language, not in a conscious way, um, which we'll also get into a little bit today. I don't think I'm going to be able to get at everything. That This is really a very big body of work that I'm being called to, so I'm certainly not going to get into all of it in one program. How I meant to talk about this will become more clear. It's not completely new. The last time I was going to speak at a big event, um, which was interrupted by the early COVID era, I was going to speak about this topic back then. And um, things are coming together again for this work. We have taken people as a species on a planet, a turn towards industrialization and technological development. Part of that has excluded and in fact has a suspicion of and a hostility towards what can feel like the unknown related to spirituality. Because we did not take that path of spiritual development versus material development, we are very likely racing into a wall. And although, and there are scientists who are studying this themselves, researchers, sociologists, that, um, you know, they have a theory as to why Is there this thing called the Fermi Paradox? If AI was so powerful, why wouldn't we see it? You know, other planets would find us. They're always saying they won't be able to find you. Well, with AI, they could find the Earth. Are you kidding? They would would have such super AI. And if these dominant, um, cold, and violent um, robots were to take over everything, um, we would see it. Now, of course, you could say we're all living in a simulation and that, that's being hidden from us. We may be living in this world that was created um, by some kind of advanced technology and that even our feelings of spirituality are contrived. Well, if that's the material view that you would like to take, it's a valid theory from a material point of view, um, that's where those of us who are spiritual um, need to have faith because spirituality is so powerful it would create itself. I really believe that. Just the very idea of it, of unconditional, all-powerful love is enough 
to literally create itself if it were seemingly trapped in a technological world. That's how powerful spirituality is. It breaks every box. Those who seek to prolong human life by bonding with the computer and all that, first of all, they have no conception of the soul. Second, they are really causing a potential harm to humanity by derailing the afterlife or the between life or whatever you choose to believe about what is after this life. And there is a lot of evidence short of simulation theory. Let's just put that on the shelf because once you start saying it all could be a simulation, that's kind of like an easy out for every single thing that you can talk about. So we're just going to say, okay, I know that is a theory, but let's just imagine and hope and, and trust that this world is real. Can you imagine what it would be like if, let's just say, you were um, going to an amusement park and somehow there was a ride that you got trapped on that you couldn't leave as soon as normally you should. You know, you're at the amusement park for a given amount of time. I do believe that the Earth experience is a growth exercise. Saying it's an amusement park is is trivializing it too much. There's important growth going on here. But we are meant to be here as long as we're meant to be. Possibly we might come up with ways and already have for now. In fact, I've thought about this with respect to healing, independent of technology, where we may be here longer. But if we deny ourselves spirituality, I mean, there are definitely pathways to um, diminishing the... um, the the veil between us and the afterlife, us and the other side. That is very possible. The whole heaven on earth theory, all of that. But the thing is, is that by not studying, you know, near-death experiences and what's actually in the afterlife, the materialists are presuming that this is all there is and that you want to prolong this indefinitely if you can. That means you would be totally shutting yourself off from what is actually reality. Now, could you actually do it? Because spirituality is so powerful, I don't believe you actually could. I believe spirituality would break you out of that prison one way or another. There'd be a solar flare. Something would happen to break you out of it. Or spirituality itself would rise and break the bonds. You would not be entrapped in a machine. We're not thinking. And we have not been thinking. We have been racing ahead for so many years to, quote, progress. God, what actual growth is. Actual growth is not racing to develop one weapon after another. And this is not new. It started from the beginning. It is not continually being in survival and fight mode. That alone is is what will ultimately destroy many planets. Now, whether these species actually destroy themselves before they wake up, 
We don't know that. It's very possible that it's a passageway and um, you go through it and whatever, I would wager that it can do significant harm. It certainly harms the planet. It's very sad to read this passage about the railways, by the way. It makes me think about the American West. It makes me think about just in, in such a short amount of time how we have just totally devastated this world. I mean, it's just, um, it's beyond appalling what has happened here. It is a growth experience. I understand that on a soul level. The live show is going, um, is finishing. I made it intentionally at 30 minutes today, not knowing how long, and I don't know how much longer I'll go today. But thank you to live listeners. Um, FrontierBeyondFear.com is the website for this show, and it's somewhat up to date. I'm working on updating it more. I did put a couple more syndicates out there. Um, thank you to those of you listening now on Spotify, for example, where this show now is. And I'm looking for other places as well. I'm on iHeartRadio. I've been there for quite a while. Um, Apple and Google Podcasts. And there's some new ones now, like um, Podchaser. And, um, anyway, um, the show, its reach is expanding. And it is aligning with the growing work that needs to be done, what I am personally guided to do. So, we are where we are now. We have come to this juncture. We have done all of this, you know, and we seem to to be continually racing even faster. In fact, now a number of voices are questioning the safety of AI. That's been... There have been movies about that and stories about that for a very long time. I can remember as a child, um, there were stories, there were movies that would come on, like on Sunday afternoon, about a computer taking over the world. Um, that, and of course, the whole Terminator series, which actually came about pretty early in my life. And I was quite um, taken with that when I first saw it. It's certainly the first movie anyway. So this story has been with us for a long time. And even I've done some work in this area creatively, although it hasn't really come to fruition. But um, there have been a number of ways, no doubt, that stories have come into this world related to this topic. But the real question is, where does spirituality fit in? One thing I do know, and here I can claim being one of the first, I mean, or certainly early on working on this when it comes to like coming up with a knowledge base for an AI system, for how do you, how do you um, explain the language? And, you know, in those days, I went up to the university library and studied linguistics because they know how to categorize language. I wasn't the one, you know, I can't remember where that came from. Um, I'm sure that, that it didn't start with, with that office where I was, but it was early on to study this. Where does spirituality fit in? Do you realize that statistically improbable things are 
everywhere in our actual knowledge base. How is AI going to sort that out? And I'm not even talking about conscious AI. How will it answer these questions? When it has access to seeing, for example, just impossible healings, it may even be able to see people talking before an impossible healing happens, seemingly impossible, and and discover that something strange is going on here. There are these instantaneous recoveries occurring, and it's documented the kind of thing that AI can study. There is other evidence embedded about near-death experiences, about mysteries, about how we originated, about whether we live more than once on the planet, and whether there are connections. That's an area I have studied um, where there is actual um, evidence, evidence, concrete material evidence that you can look at, AI will be able to understand these things too. I'm not saying that we're on some great path here because I really don't think we are, but we are where we are. And one thing that is very likely, and I'm not even talking about these movies where um, there was a series out of um, the UK, and I do know I'm talking to an international audience here, um, and um, I know some of you probably saw this. I saw I saw quite a few of these. I'm not sure if I saw the whole thing about um, you know AI becoming more human, feeling like they were getting a soul, becoming more spiritually inclined. In my day, early on, Blade Runner kind of explored some of those topics slightly, although that was a rather stark movie at the time, and it was based on a story, um, but. Science fiction has looked at a lot of this. I talked in another episode about Bicentennial Man, a real favorite movie of mine um, that I enjoyed over the years. And that is about a robot becoming more conscious. I'm not even talking about consciousness right now, although I do have something to say about that, and I'll say it in a moment. Um, I'm talking about just the knowledge base that's available um, that set to explore the true unknown, which materialists are terrified of because they want to pretend that we live in a strictly material world, um, there will be discoveries unfolded that they do not expect. And it will likely lead them to that theory, if they really are strict materialists, that um, we could be in a simulation. But independent of that theory... We have spirituality here to consider. Many of us have studied it. We have experienced it. Many scientists have discovered these spiritual paths. There are people who claim that um, from a higher state of consciousness, they got the idea um, for something where they later, um, you know, developed some huge breakthrough in the sciences. That has happened. We have to think about who we are, who we could have been, and where we're going. 
I do believe there are multiple timelines. On some timeline in the multiverse, we never developed any industrialization, and we became spiritual beings. And we were focused probably in small communities on spirituality. But we that is the gateway to the stars. Because when there are other conscious species, you become inseparable. Spirituality simply means omnipresence, understanding. Well, it doesn't simply mean that, but that's a part of it. Understanding that everything is omnipresent. That we are inseparable. There are no distances of space or of time. You don't need some AI, you know, some master um, advanced AI searching all over the place for um, other species that are on other worlds when consciousness is available to you. We missed that opportunity, and we're having a growth experience now. So the question is, what's next? Where are we going? How do we consider ethical, honest uses of technology? How do we kind of disable some of our fear, realizing that spirituality is real and helping us? You know, when we become so afraid of the AI monster, so to speak, we cut ourselves off from what we know to be real in the spiritual world. These things can help us. We're not trapped in a material world. So many times we make that assumption in our lives, too, that um, whatever material situation we're in, we're going to have trouble getting, you know, you know, whether we need healing, whether we need assistance in some way. If we're struggling, spirituality is here to help us. It is a path to outright miracles. I've said before, we don't have to imprison it in some um materialistic box even in how we explain it there are many mysteries involved with spirituality we're at a very important point in human development we're here for a reason I can guarantee that but I do hope all of us who are called to our own authentic work that we trust and find a way to truly do it. That is the path to feeling fully supported and truly working within the joy of your own path. I'm going to try to read this again. It's just such a beautiful synchronistic post. I have to find it again because I, I want to read this again for those of you who feel called to do your work. It's okay. Have your day work while you need it. You may not need it indefinitely. If you do your own work, what you're called to do and to be in this world, and it may not be within the box. How happy is he born and taught 
that serveth not another's will, whose armor is his honest thought, and simple truth his only skill. And then it skips. I'm going to find this quote in another way. This man is freed from servile bands of hope to rise or fear to fall, Lord of himself, though not of lands, and having nothing, yet hath all. Sir Henry Wooden, as quoted by Mary Ann Evans, author of Middlemarch, at the beginning of Chapter 56, under her pen name, George Eliot. Notice how important honesty is in that. You see, the thing is, is when we're imprisoned within a certain box, whatever it may be, and sometimes it's less or more of a prison, it just kind of depends on the situation, it could be rather a nice situation. You know, you have to make your way in the world somehow, right? Um, But it can have the tendency to keep us from pursuing and openly sharing our own truth, our own honest thought. And it is my every hope that we are guided to authenticity. We need it now more than ever. And we also need more of us to do the work that we're called to do more than ever, and to trust that the path to do that will become more and more clear. Even as we work with others, there can be collaborations, there can be happy work, you can do multiple things. If your day work is something that you feel is supporting the world, you're helping other people who are also on a similar path, that's great. But always be open to your own potential. Do not let that go because every one of us has a role to fill. It may be a helping role and it may be in collaboration with other roles. But when you have an authentic voice to share, authentic authentic truths, research to do, This is how I feel. Don't give up on it. Because you're being called to help the planet. Ultimately, we're not serving this planet or ourselves right now by just trying to come up with other ways to desecrate the earth, poison the earth. I heard something today about how Nuclear power may now become more important again. I mean, oh my gosh. I mean, the the potential devastation. And I don't know the answer because we are where we are. Well, actually, there are answers. There are answers. And that's unleashing our creativity in that area and not letting it be hampered in the energy sector by industrial interests that have kept it in a box for far too long. Why do you think we haven't developed things that actually work? It's like we're stuck. 
That's because there are those forces that have suppressed that kind of exploration. The same thing is true for spirituality. These things cannot be imprisoned, especially spirituality, indefinitely. In fact, spirituality can never be truly boxed in. We may be very well at a juncture where it will truly break free and show us things we just couldn't even imagine before. Maybe we'll stay technological for the time being and we'll discover new pathways that are in true partnership with the Earth, things that actually work. But we may also change the way we choose to live and to be. Not as prisoners of any kind, as free people. Spirituality teaches us we come here to be free. Far too often, the lesson of humanity has been one way or another of holding people down, imprisoning people, um, truly caring not at all about people. That's not spiritual, clearly. That has nothing to do with unconditional love or the omnipresent divine or the idea that each and every one of us should be given the opportunity to explore our greatest dreams. I'm going to leave it at that today. I am going to be exploring this path more. um, And I thank you for listening. Um, Again, FrontierBeyondFear.com is the site associated with this show. And I should be here next Saturday. Normally, this program airs live on Blog Talk Radio Saturdays at 1 p.m. Pacific and 4 p.m. Eastern Time. So get out in nature. That's really important. Get out in nature Even if you're in the middle of a city, find a park. Sit on the bench and reflect. What are you really called to do? What do you have to contribute in this world that can truly make the world a better place? Free yourself to do it. Take care, everyone. See you next time.